What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening today. Oh, it's going to be a good day. Um, uh, today we're talking about attitude. Attitude is a choice. You know, with the background um, in sales, this was really one of the three cornerstones that they gave us to success in sales. And I would say, you know, we've heard sayings like uh, your attitude de- determines your altitude and things that, you know, they try to... Um, Uh, little cliches that they say, but when we really think it through, one of the most important things that we can bring to anything that we do is the way that we look at it. And not just for performance sake, but just for our own sake. I think culture too often has been able to speak and have a voice into our lives and told us and has shaped our attitude for us, where if we can just take a step back, take a, a hard reset to our attitude and say, man, what is the biblical attitude towards this? What is the the right attitude towards this? You can't let a couple people with a grump. Man, people, if they can, will have a grumpy attitude about anything. You, It's like we go to Disney World and you see kids crying at Disney World. And I'm like, you are on, you are, first of all, on the best, in, in the best country on planet Earth in what's supposed to be the most magical, happy place on earth. And, and children are crying because they don't get a toy. And that's just attitude. When we took my little niece, Eva, there, um, uh, uh, her auntie and I took her and, and, and I played a trick on her and we were pulling up and I said, all right, Eva, this is the rules. Now, if we are going to Disney World, but if you cry, we have to go home. They don't let you stay if you cry. And it was a way that we were able to trick her. Not that she doesn't have a bad attitude normally, but there's times, you know, kids get tired, but she would start to like, you know, I want, she'd say she'd, she wouldn't get away in something and start to give a little attitude. I'm like, listen, Eva, if you cry, we're going to have to leave. And she didn't cry the whole day, which for me was uh, a great lesson that I've learned. If you're a parent or a parent-to-be, that's going to be, that's a good little trick that you can do. You can't... Um, uh, uh, you can you can steal that one from me. But people will have a bad attitude no matter what. You're at this amazing restaurant and your company's paying for the dinner, but you're complaining because of whatever. Like, take a step back in your situation. You know, when I was in sales, there would always be, there's always a way to look on the bright side. Uh, for me, it was things like, I would just get ridiculous with it. Like, yeah, man, I didn't sell today, but hey, at least I'm not living in Syria, right? I'm not, I'm not, uh, trying not to step on landmines today. I have an opportunity to go work. I get to be outside and choosing to have the right perspective. People can have, people can be living as a millionaire and still uh, uh, have all the, the nice house and everything that you would picture as the perfect life, but still have a bad attitude. So first of all, attitude is a choice. How you approach your life matters. I see people who I feel bad for them because they go through their work and for them work is like a chore. They've they've put work into the category of the necessary but the unenjoyable. And that's where you get things like TGIF. Thank uh thank God it's Friday. You know, people who are working for the weekend, people who are working for um vacation. Man, the only reason I work is cuz I have to. Man, if I didn't have to work, that'd be awesome. I wish I could stay home and play video games all day. And this mindset where God, if we take a look at it from a Bible perspective, pretend you're the only person on planet earth and you're going to go work. What is the purpose of work? When God created Adam, one of the first things he did actually before he gave him a wife, before he, he, he put him together with someone, he actually gave him a job to do. People look at the ultimate end of, of life. The ultimate end of marriage is happiness, but 
that's not what the picture of the Bible shows us. And these things end up making it where we spend many hours of the day not enjoying ourselves, not um, just living, being content because of how our culture has designed us to think. And so part of our life when you grow up is taking back your, your thought life for yourself. For me, work is a pleasure. I, I do appreciate rest, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts, but work is a pleasure. So what is the right attitude um, towards work? So uh, one of the things that I did, just a practical thing that can help you with this when it comes to work specifically, is taking a look at who does my work help? Ultimately, I believe work was designed to be there, not only to be for your good, but to help somebody else. And the and the more, the wider the range of uh I call them the whys, the wider the range of why you do this, the more enjoyment you get out of it. If, if, if someone that you look up to called you and was like, hey man, can you run an errand for me? If you think of like, man, the person that I would love to meet, hey man, can you do this for me? You would get enjoyment no matter how, how hard it is. You would get enjoyment out of doing that thing because of who you were doing it for. If, if the president called you and was like, hey, um, Hey, this is President Trump, and and honestly, no matter how you felt about the guy, right? No matter how you felt about him, if he's like, "Hey, I've got a, a thing that I'm asking you to do. Would you mind doing me a favor and doing this?" Maybe there would be people out there. Maybe he's a bad example just because of how crazy our politics are these days. But if someone called you that you look up to and is like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" If someone from a football team, even if you didn't like the football team, and was like, "Hey, um, can you do this for me?" Uh, I need somebody or the other one who can do it. You would get enjoyment out of doing that because you've been commissioned by somebody to do things. So when we look at our work, when you stop and say, who is my work helping? Who is my work impacting? And sit down at the list. Who, whose life am I, what human beings am I helping by my work? And that ultimately can lead to great fulfillment in what we're doing when we can have a good attitude. People approach their work, and that's why doing work for money Money is the only reason I work is such a shallow thing because then it's only for you, right? If all if the only reason, even for me when I was in sales, I was 100% commission. I had to change my focus from I'm here to make a sale because then it was like I'm going out to do something to somebody, right? Rather than, hey, my work is actually helping my customers. They're the main one who's benefiting. Yes, I'm getting paid, but they're the one who are, are getting peace of mind for the next five years, 10 years, whatever it is. They're the ones who are gaining a sense of security, a sense of control over their home. And so choosing to have the right perspective. I heard a quote earlier today. Someone sent it to me in a text message, but it was talking, it was talking about preachers and about preaching the gospel. And it said, Never pity missionaries, envy them. They are where the real action is, where life and death, sin and grace, heaven and hell converge. And it was by a minister named Robert Shannon. And I really like that because if you think about like, oh, he's a missionary, you think, man, shame, he's a missionary. He's off in another country, probably, you know, suffering for Jesus. But he's saying, man, take a look at this. Take a look at what's actually happening to this Christian. Sure, he's out there. Maybe he's roughing it. Maybe he doesn't have all the luxuries we have here. Maybe he's in another country. Maybe he's living under less than perfect conditions. But don't pity him, envy him, because he's where the real action is. He's getting to live a life for Jesus. But not only that, this is one thing, man, if it can be implanted on my heart, I'm asking the Lord, like, implant eternity and eternal rewards in my heart more than ever. What we're storing up in heaven. There was a gentleman that I worked with, a young guy who did really well in sales. Um, he was on my brother's team. I helped train him. Uh, uh, did really well. But I found out a few years later that he was like, 
very, very, very conservative with his money, like super duper conservative. He wasn't the normal salesman. Most salesman personalities go along with the big spending personalities. I feel like I, I did pretty well in that regard, but a lot of people was like, you know, you, you make good money and you start spending good money, you know? But for him, I found out five years down the road that he had all this money in savings. The only thing he'd really bought was a house and, um, he wouldn't even buy himself new shoes very often. Like it was like super strict with his money. And I'm like, man, part of me was a little bit, when I heard that, I was like, man, I wish I had been better. Cause I spent, you know, I like, I, uh, you know, you just buy stuff. And then I, I had given a lot and, um, put a lot into the gospel. And so part of me wanted to be like, man, it would be really nice to have this amount of money in the bank. And if I had just been better and if I had just done what this guy did, man, I'd be in a better place. But then I stopped and I realized, One of the things that I can't see right now, but what's happening is I've been rich towards the kingdom of God. I've been rich towards heaven. I've been rich where people don't, don't, don't look at me. We even had our boss say, why do you give that much to the church? You should, you should take that money and invest it. And then you can, in your investing, you can on the other end, when you start making money off the investing, you can have more money that'll work for you that you can then give to the church. But he was like, hey, don't tithe, don't give offerings now. Just don't give for a few years, work on your investments. And then when your investments are good, give them investment money to the church. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that sounds like man's wisdom, but the Bible says bring the, the tithe into the storehouse. And so we do it to obey God. But n- not understanding that just like that guy was setting aside, you know, five years, six years, setting aside the majority of his money, barely spending anything. What we've been doing and being rich towards the kingdom of God, what you're doing in, in preaching the gospel, soul winning, tithing, you're actually storing up treasure in heaven that there's a, that we can't see right now, but there's a, a, a treasury account, just like a person who bought Bitcoin, you know, at a dollar per Bitcoin or $10 or even a hundred dollars or whatever that they may, we, at the time that they were buying it, we may have thought this is crazy that they're spending this much. But in hindsight, you look at the treasure that they have, that we have stored up in heaven for us. And so your attitude, there's always a fresh way to look at the things. So I want to encourage you. What is the area in your life that you say, man, maybe my attitude's not as good, even towards marriage. I remember when I was in Bible school talking to a guy who, you know, got engaged and then got married and like six months into his marriage, I went up to him and I'm like, hey man, so how is it? How is it being married? And his response, man, I'll never forget it. He said, man, marriage is awesome, but just stay single as long as you can. I thought, I walked away from that very confused because I'm like, that's like, I don't understand that answer, you know, and it, but it put this nervousness in me, like somehow in some weird way, marriage is awesome, but you should not do it for as long as possible. (laughs) Like that sounds terrifying, you know, but people have these attitudes. Yeah. Marriage is hard. The amount of people that I've heard marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. Even people that I look up to, even people in the church, marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. I want to tell you, I've been married for two and a half years. It has not been hard. It has not been difficult. It's been awesome. It's been the best two and a half years of my life. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Uh, in the world. I wouldn't trade it. It's been amazing. But it, it was a decision, first of all, for the two of us. And this goes into it, something, a different topic. But like, hey, first, we're just going to stay on the same page. We both want peace in our home. That's one thing I love about my wife is she wants, we want peace in our home. We don't want conflict. We're willing to humble ourselves. You know, humility is a key. If, if you can go to someone you trust and say, would you, someone you trust and will trust to speak honestly, would you consider me to be a humble person, be 100% honest with me? If they say, ah, you can work on it, then you you have room to work for your marriage as well. People with big egos, don't, don't, they struggle in marriage for sure. But 
taking a fresh look at it. What is it? Is it work? Is it ministry? Man, I, you know, I have to win souls. Man, you get to win souls, man. Th- think about this. You're, there's going to be people in heaven because you decided to get uncomfortable at the CVS pharmacy and be like, hey, man, I just want to tell you that God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. When your attitude towards something changes, you get just a lot more enjoyment out of life. Sure, there's different ways you can there's there's you can always look at it and it can be a challenge. Man, there's people who have the there's a, there's a, they'll complain about anything, but there's always the way to look at it and say, I'm not going to let this be something that I'm doing and having a bad attitude about. I'm going to have a good attitude about it. Um, for me, that was one thing that I did with running, and I'll wrap up with this. But um, you know, for years I was. Uh, overweight and I started to lose weight. And then I realized, man, at some point I'm going to have to exercise. Like it's inevitable. If I want to be fit, exercise will, is, is my portion. So I decided to start running. I always looked up to the guys who could like go and run in a long, run in a long distance, not really sprinting, but just long distance running. And so I started to run. And my brother's, most of his adult life has said, I hate cardio. I hate cardio. He would go to the gym at times, but he would be like, I hate cardio. And so in my head, I was like, cardio is something to be hated, right? And so I never really used to say it, but I would just run and I would do it just out of sheer discipline. Like, I just want to, I just, this is something I'm going to do. And I remember meeting a gentleman while I was working, actually. And um, I think I saw some running shoes or something. And I'm like, oh, you're a runner. He's like, yeah, I've been running for a long time. I'm like, do you enjoy it? And he's like, I love it. He's like, it's my favorite. I get up, I just put my headphones in and I just run. And he's like, and I just, I love it. I just go and I can clear my mind and, you know, and he's like, and I love it. And I thought, man, I don't love running, but I want to love running. And so I just decided that day, I'm going to love this. If I'm going to do it anyway, might as well learn to love this. If you're going to be a parent anyway, why don't you just decide that you're going to learn how to love it? If you're going to be in that job that maybe you haven't liked, why don't you just learn to love it? Find out the, the figure out what do you like about it? What's good about it? Do you like your boss? Do you like your whatever? If you're going to be married, why don't you learn to love it? And this isn't just like a self-talk thing. This is actually sitting down and saying, what's good about this? How does it, how does it actually, sorry about that. Um, what's good about this? How does it actually affect um, other people? And I think that's really the key when you can look and say, man, there's, this is something that's actually helping somebody else. How can I, uh, and draw from that place, my work, I know it's helping somebody else, my work. Um, so, so ask yourself that what is, what is it, what is, who is your work helping? And you draw from a, um, you draw from a well of motivation that makes it that you can enjoy anything. You know, I read this book and I think I've talked about it before, but called every good endeavor. And he talked about, you know, the difference between a job, a career and a calling and people who look at their work. And I think as a Christian, specifically looking at your work and saying, what is this doing for eternity? And that's really the deepest well and the, the, the way to have the best attitude. There are people who, man, I see them and they're so joyful all the time and they're, you know, doing whatever. For me, there was a number of, uh, I think, nine months or a year or so where I uh, did janitorial when I was like 16. I just started Bible school and I did janitorial. That was my uh, 16 hours a week. That was my helps ministry and my uh, my um, work study and I, I cleaned toilets and that's what I did. You know, I swept and I mopped and I did all that. But choosing like, hey, if I'm going to do this, how is this adding to eternity? Man, well, I'm called to preach and I'm and I'm doing this thing. Well, it's it's teaching you patience. And the Bible says you're going to need patience because if you're going to inherit the promises of God, it's it's by faith and by patience. And so looking at it from that perspective, how does my work now impact eternity? Is there, is there something that I can connect it to? 
because your attitude matters, the attitude you bring to the table, just as even someone who's hired people before, the, the way people, one of the things I look for is someone who can look on the bright side. If I sit down with somebody and I just start talking about their life, man, how's it going? Yeah, you know, it could be better. You know, I guess it's a struggle. And that's where people just get narrow focus. They're looking at, like in sales, people look and they're like, if I don't sell, I'm unhappy. If I sell, I'm happy. But, but looking and saying, hey, let me find something in life to be happy about. Um, I remember a friend of mine did a training on like the five foundations and talked about your physical life. If you're, if you're moving forward and advancing and getting in shape and losing weight or whatever, um, uh, whatever it is. Hey, I've been playing basketball and I'm getting really good. Like have things that you're getting good at that help you be just happy about who you are. Man, I'm doing really good reading the word and being in prayer. That's something to be excited about. Man, this is going work really well at my work. And so I'm excited about that. Man, I'm learning a new language and I'm excited about this. Man, I'm reading a book. It feels good to get stuff done. Go read a book. You know, I don't care. Go read a book. Don't read anything by Tony Robbins. He's totally lost it. I'm sorry. I have a... uh, Maybe I shouldn't say disdain, but either way, um, uh, read someone who's a Christian who's going to speak good things, not muddled nonsense. Um, I've been restraining a lot of anger towards him. I hope he gets born again. I hope he makes it to heaven. <laughs> um, so choose your attitude. It's, it's up to you completely, and it really comes down to what you think about. What you think about in your head, uh, what you think about most will grow. And so choose today to have the right attitude. Take some time, sit down. Man, where is my attitude suffering? Where can it be better? Where can I obtain a fresh outlook? And choose to think those thoughts. God uh, says rejoice in the Lord always. So there's always a reason to rejoice. Choose to approach it the right way. Your attitude matters. People don't want to be around grumpy people. So uh, put a smile on your face and actually choose to think the right thoughts and get the right attitude. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. I pray a blessing on them for the rest of this week. Strengthen them, help them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening.